Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. So what, what kind of things have to change in a brand when you go from a six figure to seven or to eight figures you know what what does that evolution actually look like and what kind of things do we need to do business owners need to consider when they're making that shift i think we would we would start with the core values of the of the brand itself you know every person has their values and every company has their values and there is a difference because it is corporate or collegiate or uh, collective. And so you have to look at the, the, the areas in which you agree and in which you are aligned for the purpose of the brand. Then how should that brand speak? Because, you know, when I think about writing for the company, like if I'm responding to comments and stuff and things on social media, I'm coming from the company and responding for them. Uh, you know, I often just say, hey, we look forward to that. This is awesome. We appreciate that, those type of things. Should I rethink how I'm speaking as the brand? All right, so this is going to be a freaking killer episode. Uh, man, Hirsch had me on his podcast. We laughed our asses off, had a really good time, <laughs> talked a lot about sales, branding, and the like. So I knew I had to bring him back for this one. Um, but y'all strap it in because this dude's not only funny, um, he's pretty damn smart when it comes to branding and the likes. So Hirsch, welcome to the show. My biggest question for you right now is how the hell does a company actually find their brand voice. <laughs> That's a great question, Donnie. Thank you. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, Kevin. Um, yeah, we always have we have a good time. Uh, but um, so the so the the first thing I will say is that branding is always personal. So this this dichotomy that that supposedly exists between corporate brand and personal brand, I don't buy into that i do think that you can okay, have you gotta a tell me you, you gotta tell me more about that because i am all about the personal brand yes and it's yeah. separate than 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 say our company success champions well we talked about this a little yeah. bit our our the brand is the brands may be separate in other words you may have the donnie boyvin brand you know and the champions brand 
but that doesn't mean that one is personal, quote unquote, and the other one is somehow impersonal, you know? So when I talk about a brand voice, it really is the attitude of the of the brand and the and the powers behind it. There's somebody behind it. You know, a brand can't say, well, there's nobody really there's nobody that runs it. It's just kind of a automated, you know, auto, auto, autonomous entity that does what it wants. You know, it's it's not that's not the way any of these things work. And collectively, they have to have a point of view. So a brand voice is a point of view. An example would be an example would be, uh, you know, my brand is to be irreverent and uh, funny and make sense of the world with a sense of absurdity, but not really uh, attacking anybody or alienating anybody. I want to bring everybody into the into the conversation, um, you know, and that's kind of my brand. Um, and the more you cultivate it and the better you get at at speaking for that brand, the more clear the voice becomes. And I so, think, yeah. Let, let me think it through that a second. So if the brand is a personal brand, I, I got that, I wrapped my head around that. Right. Then how should that brand speak? Because, you know, when I think about writing for the company, like if I'm responding to comments and stuff and things on social media um, that are – I'm coming from the company and responding right. for them. Uh, you know, I often just say, Hey, we look forward to that. This is awesome. We appreciate that. Those type of things. Should I rethink how I'm speaking as the brand? Uh, well, I don't know that you have to rethink when, what you, what you pointed out without necessarily even being conscious of it is that in the brand voice, you speak in the collective voice so you're right. saying okay. we you know we like to do this we do that we believe in that already you're conveying that it's not just donnie and donnie's writing you an email and saying hey uh here's my thoughts on this particular topic um so that's one distinction is that you know we're speaking collectively as a brand we're talking about what we as a group or as a movement try to accomplish and if it's coming from that voice and I try to be really uh, clear with clients about this, um, you know, before we even embark on a campaign, we have to know who's telling the story. I did I did a campaign recently where it's in the collective brand voice and you imagine that this is a team of highly creative, you know, it's a creative app and kind of a, a workshoppy type of uh, done with you service. And it had a very kind of collegiate feel. So the voice was, okay, we're not going to waste a bunch of your time. You know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this thing because this guy who created this thing is a friggin' genius. He's amazing. And then another email was written in his voice where he was like, look, um, you already have heard everything that the teams tell you. They're very excited. They're getting nuts over this thing. I just want to give you one more chance to book a meeting with me because it is honestly getting a little busy. And, um, you know, and while I told them not to, you know, cut the thing off exactly at midnight, let's give everybody a little more time. 
uh, you know, they're, they're chomping at the bit. So, so please book the meeting. It would be really great. And, and those two people are very, you know, the, the creator voice was very low key, you know, um, and it balanced out the brand voice, which was more boisterous and fun and, uh, you know, and a little, and irreverent. And I felt like just for that campaign, that felt really balanced, but it was, yeah, go ahead, Kevin. As I say, I think that's a big thing with most company brands versus personal brands is that not only is the voice different, but the tone is different. So, you know, how Donnie or I talk uh, is completely different from each other, but it's also completely different from the, the brand itself. So, you know, it's not just that voice piece, you know, it's the type of words that we use, um, you know, and, you know, even with Donnie, uh, part of how we can tell that it's Donnie talking is there's usually misspellings or grammar issues. <laughs> so, and, and that's real. We literally, when we do emails for him, we would make sure that we included like a misspelled word or left out commas because Donnie doesn't like commas. Oh, uh, and and yeah. we would have people who would just freak out because it was, they were marketing and like, oh my God, you have typos. I'm like, no, those were on purpose because we wanted them to think it was Donnie, not type just ins. a marketing thing. Yeah, they're type ins, exactly. They're type ins, they're not typos. Yeah. So, you know, for, a brand to kind of continue the, this this topic, you know, for a brand that has two different, you know, both me and Donnie have completely different voices and tones. How do you manage that when we're both trying to build the corporate brand at the same time? Hey, Donnie Bobine here, CEO of Success Champions Networking. And I just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, Visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com and I look forward to seeing you there. I think we would we would start with the core values of the of the brand itself. You know, every person has their values and every company has their values and there is a difference because it is corporate or collegiate or uh, collective. And so you have to look at the, the, the areas in which you agree and in which you are aligned for the purpose of the brand so that it's all about, well, what does the brand represent? You know, personally, if I didn't, if you weren't my partner, you know, I might do it this way. Oh, well, if we weren't partners, we, this wouldn't be this way. This would never have happened. So it's like making a baby you know, without the mess, but it's, but it's with, but it's, it's like making a baby. You're kind of creating this, like sometimes I'll see, I'll see a person on the street and they'll remind me of two different celebrities and I'll say, oh, if so-and-so and so-and-so had a kid, that's what they would, that's what they would look like. And that's kind of what your brand looks like. It's your baby that you create together. And so the voice and the attitude and the offerings and the tone are all going to be unique. It's a third entity. I love that. You know, because 
when I think branding is one of the biggest things that people don't wrap their head around. Um, sure. You know, uh, a, a good buddy of mine, I think I even said this on your show, you know, said that, you know, marketing and advertising is what you say you do. Branding is what everybody else says you do when you're not in the room. Yeah. So I've always looked at personal branding is your personal brand is the stories they're saying about you when you're not around. And, you know, looking at it from that perspective, you know, um, I don't think people struggle with the idea that branding is more than a logo and that kind of stuff. They just don't understand the idea of a brand in general, because the way most of us learn about branding is, you know, we're like, OK, Coca-Cola is a brand. McDonald's is a brand. Right. You know, Nike's a brand. There's a feeling, there's emotion, there's a tone to it and everything else. I don't think people are good at going, okay, I've built a company. Now I need to look at this company and make it more than just a name, more than just an image. There's got to be a voice to it and everything that goes along with that. How does somebody take something that they've bootstrapped from the get-go and put their blood, sweat, and tears into and go, okay, this is now my brand. Add on to that question because I know some of it is already going to be established. But how do you put that out there in a way that the market understands what you're trying to say and do? As opposed to blurring it with your own brand or or as with your personal brand or just, just conveying what it is that – that yeah, I think a lot of people means. struggle with the idea of being able to tell people what they are, who they are, what they do. And I think that's why you hear so many people come out and you can literally hear them tell you what their business is and have no idea what the hell just came out of their mouth um, uh-huh. because they they haven't wrapped their head around it completely. Or even worse, they know exactly what it is, but because they have gotten that 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 shock reaction from somebody when they've said what they do maybe they're a wealth management company or an insurance company and as soon as they said it somebody's flinched and go crap here comes another insurance person or crap here comes another financial advisor type thing how does how does somebody position that and build a brand that extends beyond that maybe that corporation or their own company but that people want to lean into i know it's a long yeah. question but i'm trying to get the no but up. but you're right donnie because we've all experienced it we we uh live in a world where we're trying to stand out and we're trying to separate ourselves from the pack and right. so there's a tendency to say okay well i'm not going to call myself a copywriter let's say in my case i'm going to call myself a copy wizard or a or a uh copy or a or a message guru yeah, it's like all the or, salespeople that have yeah. i'm a i'm a business development rep or i'm a you know uh i don't know freaking or something themed, yeah. it could be something themed to the let's say the company was called you know uh yellow blossom yellow blossom tax returns and then you say oh well I'm a uh, I'm a Daisy tax preparer. <laughs> oh, he's a he's a, a, a peonies. You know, it's like it's like you get caught up in what you think is creativity, and it and it just breeds confusion. And I think that the the answer lies somewhere in the problem solving. Everything is solves a problem. Uh, even luxury items solve a problem. You know, I need a Porsche. Uh, you know, it solves a problem. My problem is I don't have a Porsche. (laughs) How does a Porsche solve a problem? That's right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, but, uh, 
but, uh, but I, but I think that, that if we get to that problem, but if you think of like, okay, so copywriter, yeah, clearly it's, it solves a problem. There's, there's something that needs to be written. I'm writing it. That is, that's fine. There isn't really uh, a lot of complexity there, but I have had that situation where I've been like trying to explain the, the, the kind of USP, the uniqueness of what I do in the first three seconds. And I think that doesn't work. I think what we have to do is go to the most basic thing, assume nothing, assume that, that your the person you're talking to has only the most basic knowledge of your industry, whatever industry you're in. And so if they have the most basic knowledge and you, and you say, and you say, uh, you know, they don't know anything about advertising. They don't know anything about my, my business or my background. And I say, I'm a copywriter, you know, then that starts with a pretty simple, basic, basic thing. And then you can have a conversation, you know, what is the most basic thing that you would say about your organization? So here's a real example of of one I had today. Um, I was talking to a gal during a zoom call, just getting to know you type call. And she said, uh, um, I'm an executive operations associate, something like that. Okay. And I looked right at her and said, what the hell does that even mean? Because she goes, well, I don't like the word fractional, but I'm really a fractional COO, fractional CFO, um, and even a little bit in the marketing game. Because when I get into these companies that are two to twenty million dollars, I come in traditionally through an operational window, but I then end up being in their numbers, I end up being in their marketing, and it just goes a long way. So saying I'm a fractional COO doesn't cover what I do. Right. So how is a person like that that covers so many different assets when they go into a company, would they be better off just saying I'm a consultant? <laughs> I mean uh, they they might okay, so here's the other side of 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 things. And you would have to explain it to me again because I don't I still don't know what she does. But that but but <laughs> See, I think there's the problem. But I think if I did, there are there is a time where like the creativity can help by way of like analogy. So in other, in other words, I ha- I know someone who, um, who is a, a essentially a drop in CEO. I don't know if you know her. Oh, I Deb saw Kobe her in Yellow. one of your videos. I saw that yes, her in one of your she's, videos. She's amazing. That's why I first heard you say that you're a freaking brand therapist. Which I really enjoyed right, that. Right, right, right. A message therapist. That's so, it. So, but, but again, if I put on my card message therapist, people will think it says massage or they won't understand what it means. I first thought I saw when I read it. (laughs) Yeah. Which is fine. But it, but it, it's, it's descriptive when you already have some context. It helps. Yes. Uh, Because it, it is, there is something to it. And we could talk more about what that means and why that's a little different from some other things. But with Deb, what I said to her is, you know, she explained what you do. Well, I go in, I have this expertise in operations and I, and I, and I know a lot of the different areas that they go. So I go in, so it's not just the kind of a CEO thing, but I go in and I can straighten this out and straighten that out, but I don't stay. They don't need to be worried that I'm going to, you know, go in and take their job because I'm not brought in to replace them. I'm brought in to fix what's what's going wrong there and then go on my way and i said oh so you're like uh corporate mary poppins you know and she said 
She said, oh, God, yeah. I go, I go, and and if you think a little deeper, that story is a really beautiful story it is. about a family, which is what hopefully like a, like a functional company or C-suite would be like. It's like a family that's going through some tough times and needs a little guidance overall and needs a little fixing and a little a little sense of order and you know then you're on your way and it's like that's and she loved that and what I liked about it is you could explain to anybody I'm kind of like the Mary Poppins of this and then people know about oh she comes in she fixes some stuff and she leaves and it's like that it that sometimes helps because if there is, you know, some people are very niche down and it's right. pretty in the weeds with what they do. You know, what, what was this? To, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I just had a train of thought. I, I want to try some. So we ran into a unique branding issue with the company. So when we launched our, our, our collective groups that we had, we called it Success Champion Networking. And what we found is the word networking itself drums up such a negative connotation, right? You know, right. You know, people have had bad experiences with it. Um, we learned in the Philippines, networking actually means multi-level marketing, you know, and things oh. like that. So, you know, we decided to go ahead and we're going to drop the name networking off of our groups and took it to just success champions. Um, in doing that, we still had to describe what we were doing, and we don't really have networking groups. They do so much more than networking. So we said we have peer groups that are focused on business growth and bringing small business owners together to collectively help them grow their business. There happens to be some networking that comes along with it. So did we brand that in the right direction? Did we reframe it enough that people will be able to wrap their head around it? Um, it's been received really well so far, but I just, from your perspective, was that the right way to move through that process? Well, so you called it, you changed it to success champions. Correct. As the name. So you took off networking. Yep. And networking, I agree, is a, is a hazardous term. It also might be better to, to call something a network rather than a than a verb you know mm. because the network is the result of the work that the people are doing to to get to know each other mm. the networking thing is more like the schmoozing thing which which sounds like you say it's kind of got this vibe but then a network is also the people know uh, are they thinking of a network or are they thinking of a tv right. network right you know is it a broadcast or a computer network? network right a computer network so if you said success champions network they would think oh it's a it's a television program or it's some kind of, uh, you know, or they might get it right, but there's certainly room to get it wrong. So I think success champions is, is great. And then what did you do? Did you, did you create a tagline? So we, we've got our, our members and clients to start using the phrase, I am a success champion. So, right, okay. and then we had them define, which I have on the back of my shirt right now, but um, uh, define what it means to be a success champion. And a success champion is somebody that's going to champion their own success and then come back and champion somebody else's success. Right. It's a, it's it's more than pay it forward. It's teach others how to get success by opening doors and the likes for, for them. So we are going after the idea that you can be the champion of your own success. I am a success champion. Right. Right. Okay. 
Well, and then the question is, does it, what do you provide? What are you providing? What problem are you solving? Uh, so as yeah, an organization, for sure. So a lot of small business owners, you know, they did the corporate leap. They get a couple years uh, into business, and now they're actually trying to grow their business. Um, but they've made themselves somewhat of an island because it's gotten so hard to build a business. They don't want people to know how bad it is. They don't likely know how to drum up their own business uh, because they never learned sales along the way. So we created an environment where they could be around other business owners that could help them. They could bring their knowledge to the table. Collectively, they could grow each other's businesses through knowledge, training, education, opening doors and making introductions for, for each other. But at the end of the day, this almost becomes your board of directors for your business. Right. Right. And everybody's part of the board of directors, right? Correct. Like, in other Correct. words, you know, I, I, I'm, I join, so I'm a, I become the board of directors for, for your business and you become the board of directors yes. for mine. And it's a very reciprocal engagement. Yes, very much you so. Know? And I think that's what, what I think people miss because to you, champions, and I got this when we first spoke – but to to you, champion is I champion your your cause. I'm yep. I'm a champion, and then the champion of winning is you know is a, is a is a byproduct of Correct. our support of our mutual support. But sometimes people hear champion and they think, oh, it just means I won. I just won. I'm a right. champion. Yep. I just won. So we would need to come up with something that a line. Because I'm a success champion doesn't quite tell it, you know, doesn't quite tell that because we don't know what it means, right? Does it mean I champion other people? Does it mean that I'm a victor? Does it mean, you know, that – So, so but is that is that a bad thing though? Because if uh, members – and it's not necessarily the tagline that we would want on like our website as the, the main the main grabber. But yeah. for a member to be able to post I am a success champion with, you know, whatever fun graphic that they overlay they can put on their profile or whatever. Is it enough for people to say, I don't know what that is. Tell me more. And to get people into a conversation where they can now say, well, here's what success champion means to me. Yeah. Um, I think it needs, I think it, it needs uh, a, a line um, that. This isn't going to be the line, I don't think. Yeah. But thinking just out loud fast is one of the yeah. things that I've been saying a lot is give, 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 take, give. Take. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. You know, that only tells a portion of it. And we should be fully working through our brand on the, on the thing, but I, it's fun to watch your brain work and how you're thinking through this. Yeah. And I, and there's, and to your point, Donnie, there's nothing, you know, like the, 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 we can't be afraid to throw out ideas that may be terrible. Also, not that the, not that using give, 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 take, give is bad. I mean, I love it because it, it's memorable and it's, it's not that it's catchy. It's that it really is clear. It's like, yes, you have to 
Get out of the mindset that you're going to go in and take something or be given something. Go in and show your value and, you know, make these or build these useful relationships. It's but somewhere in there is that notion of, you know, the best, the best, the, be, the best way. And again, this isn't it either. But the best way to uh, to have an amazing board of directors is to be an amazing board of directors, right. you know, Um be be the best way to win is to champion someone else. That's that's the that's part of that. So that's getting a little closer. And then there's there's a portion of it of you know people should only want to be in round in rooms of people that are going for it that are trying to level up, right? Right. You, you don't want to be in a room where you're the biggest fish or the smallest fish. You want to be in the room where sometimes you're leading the race, sometimes you're in second, third. Next time you're back in the lead, but you're all fighting and moving forward and 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 growing together, right? So there's that portion in there as well that you're not pulling people up. Y'all are running side by side, getting after it, and 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 the business personal growth for each individual impacts the business growth of every individual. Right. Yeah. So, but that's the stuff I would play with, you know, the, the, I'm a success champion. I like once that's, once that's, um, embedded in people's minds, what it is, then as a campaign, it feels like I'm a success champion would be a great campaign, you know? Um, that's the and Nike then, just do it. And that other then line would still be there. You know what? Right. That's the Nike or, just do it type thing. Or the yeah. uh, or the uh, milk board got milk. Yeah. The got milk. Yeah. 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 So then, then, how does a company tell that brand story then? So, and we don't have to use our company, but but you right. know, if if if. A, a brand's got to tell the story so a campaign would work. How do they tell that then brand story? Yeah. Okay. So what you're, what you're pointing out, Donnie, is that, like I said, it's a, you know, I'm a success champion is a campaign when right. you, when you already have, uh, like, like, for example, I see that as a case study campaign, Right. I'm a success champion and why, you know, why, you know, so, but that one line, you know, and sometimes I come up with those lines like right on the spot, but that's, you know, it's kind of a magic trick. It does it. That's not the point. The point isn't a timed thing. Okay, go. And I'll give you, <laughs> right. not, we're not right. playing password or whatever. So it's, it, I would come up with that, you know, with that sentence, with that line, because, um, that line will tell will tell the story. I came up with one. I have a, a new podcast that I'm starting. Um, so this is podcast number three, right? This is podcast number three. <laughs> well, I fortunately I've done well doing it. Like if I I what, have a knack on. for it. What, what's the name of your comedy one? Kevin would love, freaking love this podcast. Yeah. Well, yes, brand is the yes, brand. is That's the okay. is the comedy is yep. the comedy one. And what I'm doing with with yes, brand is. I'm going to make that more about this yes brand method that I've developed and it because I have experts all the time wanting to come on the show and I'm like well if the show's only for the businesses then they're then the audience which are business people are missing out on the expertise of other 
of other mm. experts than me. And that's not what I wanted. So I'm like, okay, the yes brand method of communicating, which involves humor, humanity, uh, you know, uh, uh, core core values and storytelling all that stuff is about the technique and i'm going to stay with that and then i have another one which is niche down really to uh well it's called brand voice runway right now brand voice runway just sounds like okay finding your brand voice you know it's not it's i i like it and it's catchy and it's accurate, but it doesn't really explain what it's right. what it's about. So I came up with the with the uh, phrase seven figure stories, eight figure ambition. Mm. So the so what I hope comes through there is that somebody's the business has already figured out how they how to get the seven figures. They're there. They're somewhere in the seven figure range. They want to get their eight figure uh, eight figure company going, they want it to be a, and so what I call it is the next figure brand voice, right? If you have a six figure company and you're talking to your, your, your people out there, your list, you know, how do you grow that? How do you, how do you, how do you activate people? You've been selling a product for twenty nine ninety five, and now you have a $5,000 mastermind. How do you convert the audience to think of you a certain way? And so I think what what is bound to happen is everybody has to figure out their next figure brand voice, because mm. if they've already made it to a certain point in business and they are uh, struggling to get to the next place, which a lot of us are, then we have to change the way we see ourselves, the way we talk. We have to figure out, well, how do we talk as an eight figure brand, let's say? Or if we're six, then how do we talk as a seven-figure brand? So the next-figure voice assumes that the client or the listener or the guest is on a trajectory. They just aren't sure how to change the way that they're perceived. So take it or leave it. I think the next-figure brand voice is a better name for that podcast. Ah, Right. I, yep. I think that tells the story a hell of a lot better um, just just from an outside perspective, because now yeah. I get what you're trying to talk to, because in my head, I'm sitting there going, shit, what is our next you know, figure freaking brand right. voice? What does that sound like? Um, what do we have to change? Because the second thing that also runs through my head when I'm thinking through that is, OK, how do we maintain what we've built in these people and the way we've talked to them and nurtured them along the lines, but then how do we scale, you know, beyond that so we can reach further wider? I mean, that, it, it opens up a shit ton of questions in my head for me. Yeah. It would make me want to lean in and listen a hell of a lot more, you know? So let's, let's tackle that a little bit. So how does someone shift from a six figure mindset to a seven figure or seven figure to eight figure, eight figure to nine, you know, that that's a, big mental shift it's one i hadn't thought about either yeah it's a, and 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 a lot of people don't think about it until they until they get there because what happens is you know you're you're you have your eye most likely all of us should even on the next step right because you can't get to the horizon without walking on the beach and figuring out how to cross the sand you can't even get to the water so it's like how do we how do we get to the to the next step. And what I 
encourage people to do, and it's not like I certainly am not making this up, inventing this, is to look at those people that you want to be like. You know, find out from those people, like some of the guests that come on my show will be seven-figure businesses, and maybe they're a mid-seven-figure or maybe they're high seven-figure and they're trying, you know, if they're if they're $2 million business, they're going to learn a hell of a lot from the person who's a $5 million business because they between those two is a line, you know, mm. that they are going to have to cross. It's not just, oh, if we did that much better, we'll be $5 million. doesn't work like that. If they're $5 million and they want to be 10, that's a big line. Seven to 10 is a big line. You know, I'm going to have on uh, as my as I hope it'll be the first guest, but I don't I don't know for sure. The the CEO of Birkenstock, because, you know, they're a, they're a 10 figure, you know, brand. And I want the guests and the people to learn from people who are way beyond where they're. That's a two two hundred and forty five year old plus, you know, brand. Um and so when you think about, about, you know, how do you get there, you do have to talk to people about how they got there. And that's kind of largely what the, what the show will be about. How did you get here? Because there are people listening Dude, I'm, who haven't I'm gotten there. I'm telling you right yet. now, I would listen to that podcast. I that's hope something so. I, I hope would freaking listen into. And not just because we're buddies and I know you, but uh, the, the entire thought process around there is making me run through my head of, okay, who are those people even now that I should be reaching out to and having those conversations with? So, so what, yeah. what kind of things have to change in a brand when you go from a six figure to seven or to eight figures? You know, what, what does that evolution actually look like? And what kind of things do we need to do business owners need to consider when they're making that shift? I think, Kevin, that, you know, a lot of what changes is the scope of the, you know, the, the scope of the company doesn't just change, but the scope of your perception. Let, you're the founder. And, you know, if you're if you're at a six, if you're at six figures in revenue, it's largely about about you and maybe a few other people. And, you know, this very tight collective of people striving to accomplish something. You cross over into seven figures. Now it's becoming a little bit less about you, but it's still you driving the driving the train, right? You're still driving the driving that boat and you've got to you've got to make the people who work with you do better, inspired. So I think what starts to happen as you approach 8 is that you're you're now inspiring more than you are grinding, you know, it's still hard. It's still tough. But if you're going to be an eight figure brand, you've got to start thinking like this is about that's where it's about changing the world. I don't think it, I don't think a seven figure brand can be can be looking at changing the world yet. You know, mm. they got to be changing their own backyard. You got to change your backyard. You got to change. You have a movement. You can have a movement. It's it doesn't have to be a huge movement, but it it has to be a little more granular. Maybe you get bigger and bigger. Then it's like you know, like you like you you know there are 
there are purpose driven brands that have no no uh, purpose other than altruism. You know, they have they're not even they want to function completely to help people. And you notice sometimes they grow super fast <laughs> yeah. because because that because everyone knows, you know, it's really not I'm getting on board something really safe here. And so safety's a uh you know safety and security in the brand image is another big huge thing that just becomes harder and harder the bigger you get. Um and so that voice you know becomes maybe even a little more reverent. Maybe there's you know there's a responsibility that you can take on that you're not a scrapper anymore. You know, you're not a bootstrapper and you're not a scrapper and you're not a, uh, but you're not an impersonal entity either. You know, you're not so big that you don't listen or pay attention anymore. Like let's say you get to it, you know, you're a, you're a seven figure voice and I, and I use in the communications, this collective voice that we create for your brand. And then, then there are intermittent, uh, you know, uh, communications from the founder or the founders, you know, then you have the, you have that, that other voice too, which is sometimes you have something from the founders, right. Which is, right. which could be two people or three people. And then you have the individual and then you have the company. So you would have theoretically three voices coming through there, but but that's okay. I mean, I spent a lot of time when I was uh, traveling constantly, reading all the in-flight magazines, and I always was interested in reading the from the CEO thing because I wanted to hear, you know, is this a is this like a beating heart in here? Is this a real person who's telling me something really? Is there something really personal coming through or is it just bullshit like the same? A lot bullshit. of it's a lot of bullshit. Most of them that I read. A lot of it's a lot of bullshit. Every now and then you read something uh, from a from a, a CEO and they can be in any, any category, but I use that as an example. And, uh, you know, and you would read something that's truly personal. And I think we, we know, we have a barometer that, it's, it's a bullshit detector and we have – and I, I think this will apply to AI too because uh, AI can be really competent but it can also be just a lot of bullshit that it strings together from the internet. It just happens to do it faster than we do. Well, I think you'll get a kick out of this since you do all this copywriting is you know we're working on some of the stuff for our Badass Business Summit and I literally went to chat GPT and said here is our persona. You know, put together a schedule that would speak directly to this person. Got it. Yeah. And I thought I had the entire summit nailed down, right? And everything figured out and we were we were dialed in. Then when I sat with the team and said, here's what we're gonna do, I realized that what Chat GPT had actually created was shit because they didn't actually know our audience. Uh, right. they were going off with just information I can feed it and only go off the information I get it. So I just sit back and rethink the entire process. And when I sat and did it on my own, Within the structure that ChatGPT created, now yeah. we have something that I'm like, oh, fucking hell, why didn't I just start there? 
You know? yeah. And I think a lot of people are trying to shortcut the process. Um, and I've quit using ChatGPT for social posts and stuff because when I write my own stories and my own language, my own words, they pop. Every time I do something from ChatGPT, my brand voice is gone. My, my experience too. And, and, the, and, the, and the thing is I, I'm using it a lot for fun and a lot for learning how it works and all right. of that stuff. But to use it for work, I learned two things recently. For doing it for, for work, it would only slow me down at this, at this point because I'm used to looking at a blank page and I work faster. I, I respond. I'm a responder. I'm a reactor. So I get input. I react to it. I'm not – chat GPT is a reactor, quote unquote, too. So it's like doesn't make any sense for me to add oh, another reactor. That's a great reactor. way of looking at it. You know? Yeah, it's a reactor. It's not an originator. Right. Right? But I am a, an originator when it – once I react to the client. So – I have to I have to keep that intact. The other thing I, I noticed is that I think ChatGPT will be best utilized by professional writers because writers know the how many ideas and what ideas and what goes into the uh, the content. So for example, when I meet with clients and I talk about their brand and I talk about their history and their goals and their dreams and all that, I process that into, uh, into a voice. But after I do that, and once I'm settled on that, once we really know what we're doing, then I could go to ChatGPT and say, here's who we are. Here's what I need. Can, what, what are, what is your, you know, what is your, your idea? Your gen, what do you want to generate? Generate and and then and then it and then it gives you something back. But you're so solid in who you are and what you know about yourself and what you want that you know that you can control and navigate and become better at as as it grows and develops. I think as writers who are right on top of it and right there with it right now, as that that. That matures. We get to be better at using it. It will get better the better we get at using it, and um, and I think that's where the where the win will be. It's not Alexa, you know. Right, it's not right. like Alexa, play Billy Joel. It's like, <laughs> you know, yep. uh, I tell you, you know, along those lines, a fascinating thing that that, that I did. Um, I sat down with a consultant that we brought into the company. And he grilled me for about an hour on who is our ideal client, like who's the best for mm -hmm. success champions. And I happen to have my Fathom recording, which is a free Zoom recording thing you can have in there, right. record the entire process. Well, Fathom also does a transcription. I took that transcription of that conversation over the chat GPT and said, can you summarize this conversation? And it did. And after that summary, I said, could you outline what a persona would look like for our company and give it a name? Dude, the thing, this thing spit out, I've sent it to clients and they're like, holy shit, that just described me. Uh -huh. yeah. But if the input to your earlier statement was a real conversation with somebody asking me right. to understand. So I would challenge right. a lot of our listeners, you know, if you're thinking about your personas, you're thinking about your branding, those type of things, have somebody on the other side, like grab a guy like Hirsch and say, Grill the shit out of me about my brand. Grill me about my persona. Record that damn thing and watch yeah. what, what turns up from that.
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that, and that's, that's a great story because I think that there is so much that this, this technology can provide. I do think it has to be regulated. I think it's, there's a, there's a, you know, there is a danger because not because the machines are bad, but right. because people can yet. be bad. Yet. No, machines the, are yeah, bad yet. But, <laughs> but people can, people can say, Oh, I want to co-op that IP. I want to, you know, do, I, why don't I just use, why don't I just copy this? There's no, there's no, uh, protections for the originators of ideas and, and properties. Right. So, so bringing it back to brand, cause we can, I know me, I yeah. can go down chat GPT yeah, for know. a fucking hour. Um, you know, where is the move for somebody when they're trying to do this integrated messaging? They're trying to, you know, put the brand out there. Um, if they think they got somewhat of a little handle on their brand, where does their stories pop up? What should they do to really spread that brand messaging around? It's different in every in every case. I mean, I have certain things that I feel work well. I think you can, it's, you know, the, for, for years, for as long as I can remember, there's been a conversation about earned media versus bought media, paid media, all that stuff. And it's like, uh, the first thing I would say to somebody is, well, uh, can you afford to buy exposure? And they, if they say, uh, well, yeah, I have a budget for, I would say, okay, well then let's buy some exposure, but let's make the content that we put out as organically, uh, sticky as possible so that it has a life beyond the push you give it, you know, but let's definitely give it some kind of push and let's put it out there. Advertising is not a dirty word. Advertising isn't a bad thing. What what the problem is that happens is when some if someone would answer, well, no, I don't I don't have any money for that or I don't have that. I just have this incredible idea or this incredible, you know, new product or whatever it might be. Or they say, I don't I don't want to. I want to see what happens if I don't. And I would say, OK, well, then let's let's earn some exposure for you. And the first thing I would I would ask is, do you have a following? And by following, I don't necessarily mean on social media because, you know, a, a business doesn't need a million followers. I don't think anybody needs a million followers. And I don't, I don't think that a million followers amounts to a uh, million dollars in sales. I have yet, I've yet to see that manifest, you know, itself uh, in any way. So, but I would say, you know, who are your people? Oh, well, I have a list of people. I have a, you know, I have a, a following from my newsletter. I have a following from my podcast or I've developed a, a following from my YouTube channel. And it's like, okay, so this is, these are the people you need to feed because if you feed the people that already get it, even if there's a hundred people, you know, doesn't matter. If you have a hundred people that are interested in what you're saying, feed that, feed that beast because they are going to be compelled to tell other people about it. And in, in your world, they are your avatar, right? Because they actually are paying attention. Right. And who would they hang out with? Other people like them, probably, who share their problems, share their concerns, share their interests. 
and they're going to turn those people on to, to you. So I think that in the, in the first case scenario, we look really very internally at the core of, of our popularity and we feed that, you know, like if you're, if you, if you would listen to my new podcast, I'm, that's already like, okay, wow, I have a listener, right? Well, now yep. I'm going to, now I'm going to give you something that's worth your time because I know you're interested in it and you're going to tell other people about it. Well, so yeah, that's a huge point of going under there. Was, so when my wife and I were in Ireland, um, uh, we found this one little shop side of the freaking road random shop there and i ended up getting talking to the shopkeeper and he was there we're talking to him and he looked at me and he said hey if you ever think about throwing in the towel on your podcast i want you to think about me and my dog walking across the irish countryside we're gonna still be listening um and you know so that for the longest time was like shit i can't not do this no matter what happens because he's listening right you know so so it, it it's a great way that I hadn't heard or thought about in a while of hitting the people that are already into your message, already in your brand and feeding them and giving them what they want. I I really, really, really like that thought process. I mean, I still think like that when I, when I started the truth tastes funny podcast, which is the one I started first, and that's really much more human interest. So my guests were very varied, came from different, different disciplines and worlds and, uh, and, and, uh, socioeconomic groups and all this stuff. And I knew that, that I had a certain core listenership that I would hear from that would leave reviews and so forth. And so when I would, when I started writing, uh, descriptions, you know, show notes and, uh, I'm writing the newsletter and, I'll say things like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a, you know, neurosurgeon from the upper, upper, upper east side of Manhattan or you're, uh, you know, you're a healer in, uh, in Bali, you know, now that speaks to everybody, but I know that there's a listener who's a, who's, who's a surgeon, you know, on the upper east side and there's a healer in Bali that listens to the show. And, and so rather than just the mail merge thing where it's, you know, hi, Donnie, which I do too, we all use the, the mail right. merge thing. It's become a, it's become, I think when used right, it's like a, a term of endearment and respect. It's, they know that it's not, you didn't handwrite the thing to, to them. Sometimes they don't, but, you know, but, 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 but either way, I think it's a, it's kind of more of a gesture, but, and it does grab me when, when I see it. So I'm, I'm, I get a kick out of it when people do it cleverly. But I think when that person reads that thing and they're probably going to read it, sometimes they'll write back and then, you know, and, and, and they'll say, Oh, I, I saw the thing, you know, that's, and the more you do that, the more personal this whole endeavor remains. Like imagine now you're an eight-figure brand, but you throw that in to a, to a letter from you. Oh, you know, by the way, uh, you know, this goes out to all the, all the East Side neurosurgeons. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like it's still funny. It's still clever. It still works for the general audience. But in your mind, you're still connecting with that dude on the, right. on the, on the ground in Ireland, you know. And that's, that's awesome. important. That's awesome.
Well, Hirsch, we could do this for the next freaking 20 years, probably having this conversation. You're a fun <laughs> dude to talk to, man. I, I really Likewise. enjoy hanging out with you. Uh, I feel like we didn't give Kevin a whole lot of time to talk <laughs> through this one, but <laughs> sorry. I was geeking out on a lot of this, but we can um, do a, a part two. Yeah, we may have to. Point. We, we may Kevin, have to. <laughs> Kevin Snow, Kevin Snow speaks out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how do people find you? Uh, where do they come look for you? Um, and I'll tell you, uh, give me your website address because I specifically want them to go watch the video on your website yeah. of, of you introducing who you are. So they can get that. Thank you, Donnie. They can they can get that. It'll go right to that page if they go to getmessagetherapy.com. Nice. It goes to that page. Um, and they can contact me there. Uh, that's probably the best place to, to find me overall. There's certain, there's a bunch of contact buttons and stuff. So, and, yeah. and, and we'll make sure Donnie spells that address correctly yes. in the show notes or everyone's going go <laughs> to go to message. massage, get massage right. therapy. I could not afford to buy that URL <laughs> just on the off chance of a, of a need to redirect. Yeah. I'm sure somebody's <laughs> they, sitting on that for a pretty penny. <laughs> if they need that, if they need it that bad, then let them go. They should go they there. Could, they could go there. There first, right. <laughs> go there first, and then when your thinking is straight and you're a little more relaxed and your back doesn't hurt anymore, now you can get message therapy and figure out how you're going to tell your wife what you were doing on the other site. <laughs> that will. That's awesome. Well, brother, thanks for doing this. Thanks for hanging out with this. Guys, go check out Hirsch's stuff. It is really good, and I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy the hell out of that video. Thanks for doing this, bud. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com, go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.